What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here, and welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. Phoenix Down episode number 49.2. Yeah. Uh, this is our third and final episode covering the Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. 3H Studios and Big Huge Games collaboration published by EA, ran by none other than Kurt Schilling. Um, yeah. So how, like, how far did you hit the, like, where were you when you, when we last recorded, Matt? Which, uh, oh, was, yeah, Matt, Matt's here, by the way. I, I forgot yeah. to do introductions. Yeah, I was going to say, I, to this day, I still find the numbering system to be kind of hilariously awkward. What, like 49.2? Uh, I find it funny. I like it like that because it's it shows you how many games we've actually covered. Yep. Uh, but the other thing I was gonna say is that you know run by Kurt Schilling, but I, I was looking up. It's kind of interesting that it was run by Kurt Schilling, but sort of also headed by Ken Rolston. Okay. Who I don't know the name. I don't know if it means anything to you. No, I don't know that guy. According to Wikipedia, he's just a, a game designer, but he worked heavily on Elder Scrolls, Oblivion, and Morrowind as well. So, uh, you know, some, some cred there. I wonder I wonder what the guy's doing now. Ex-Bethesda then? Huh. I don't know. It's interesting. It says he was the lead creative visionary for Kingdoms of Amalur. Hmm. So, I mean, if that's a job title, that sounds impressive. <laughs> I'm the lead creative visionary. I'm a visionary. That's, that's all. That, that's the title I want to have. It's just visionary. But yeah. Um, so yeah, where'd you leave off? As for where I was, I, I was pretty close. Again, I think I was about one one mission behind you. So yeah. I, I had finished off Echoes of the Past, and I was on Pride Before a Fall. So it was really. To me, that kind of seems almost like the end section. It's the last thing that leads into Alabastra and the whole end end game. Yeah. So it was really just the, the final, the lead up, lead up to, and then the whole big final section. So it didn't take long. I think I I think I had about four four and a half hours left to play. Okay. Um, yeah, once you get to Alabastra, it it does. It feels like, like I said last week, it feels like a gauntlet. Like you're running the gauntlet, basically. It's just enemy encounter after enemy encounter. Uh, and then it, there's no real towns in Alabastra. You know, like how you go, oh, you discovered this town and there's like a, a place where you can sell stuff and a healer and stuff like that. Uh, that. That doesn't exist in this, but you do find points that you can fast travel to. Which is nice because I did need I did need to and want to go prep a bit before. I, I did as well. Um. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to look this stuff up. So I'm curious, did you did you end up having any trouble? I know at the end of the last episode you were saying, you know, you might want to grind a little bit, but I, I didn't grind, and I didn't feel like I really needed to. Well, um, after, like, cause you, I told you, um... That I had uh, curses on me. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, that might have been more of an effect than your level. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, the the curse that I had was <laughs> actually really bad. Um, it it made me weak to everything. Yeah. Um, and that was fucking murdering me. Um, the the other curse that I had was it it took all of my talents down to minus two. So like my persuasion and and all that other stuff. Uh, which wasn't that big of a deal, but the, uh, yeah, being weak to everything, including physical was horrible. Yeah. So, and th- there's no healers in Alabastra. So I had to go back and I figured, you know, let me just go ahead and just, just explore. I had, I had a full day that was pretty much just devoted to Amalor. I didn't have to review anything or anything like that. So I just, I just took the day and decided to leave Alabastra. I'll do that final quest later. And um, decided to go do the Warsworn quest line. Okay. And I did. I completed it completely. So I, I actually got the trophy for completing the Warsworn faction quests, all of them. Um, and I had a had a little decent time there. You know, it, like it wasn't that big of a story thing. Like nothing in this game has been that big of a story motivation. Yeah. Um. Like I, I did, I, I know what was happening there. It was all about like this weird conspiracy thing of like somebody was helping out this evil group of guys, uh, and it comes to find out it was actually a war sworn, uh, and you know it, it's it's multiple things on top of that, and it's a lot of traveling though, and that was one of the things that got me. It was like, oh, go here, all right, now go here, and when we get done, come back to where you were before. And I was like, oh, my God. And, and the, I, I can't stand it whenever I get, but the thing was, is that I like, since I had explored most of this game before doing all this stuff, I had fast travel points unlocked that were close. But of course there's always that one that's like, Oh, we put this on your map, but you have to walk to it first. And I'm like, son of a bitch. And that's all the way in the desert. And I can't stand running around that barren desert. <laughs> yep. So, uh, but I did finish up the war sworn stuff. I got healed up, ran the gauntlet, the rest of the gauntlet, I should say, and then went to the the end game basically. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was nice just to say, all right, because I, I, I like the last episode that we recorded, I was totally like, all right, let's finish this fucking game. I'm done. I just want to power through as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um. And that was what I did for like the the last probably three hours of the main storyline, and then whenever I left Alabastra, what's that now? Right up until you got to Alabastra. Yeah, and then once I got to Alabastra, I, I left, and it was actually kind of a breath of fresh air where I was just going like, let's just do something else for a little while, and it felt good. It was you know I was just like, all right, let's let's do this Warsworn stuff because I'd already done like two quests for them. I was like, I'll just go ahead and finish this up because I know there was trophies for each one. I was like, well, I'll just get this trophy. Um, and after I did that, I went back to Alabastra and finished the game, which I didn't know because I had never actually finished this game before. But when you beat the game, it just kind of drops you and says, just do whatever you want now. You know, finish up all the quests. Which is nice because uh, I didn't go back and do really any of the faction quests. Yeah. But I would like to. I, re- I wanted to push through for where I was. I went back and started to to work on the one that I had started initially, which was like the House of Ballads. Uh-huh. Uh, but it was all the way at the back in the beginning section of the game. Yeah. And the, the, 
it was sort of a twofold reason. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go do some faction quests because, you know, Drew said I should probably level up a little bit. So yeah, I guess I'll do both of those things at the same time. I'll just grind a little, do some faction quests, maybe gain one or two more levels, and then try and hit the end game content. But when I went all the way back to the beginning to to finish up the House of Ballads quest, it was basically like eight experience per kill. Whereas I was getting 250 per kill in Alabastra. So I don't even know if I would have gotten one segment of one of one level bar for doing the entire quest line. Yeah. With little, little experience I was getting. Yeah. And I uh. mean, on one hand, I guess it would have been pretty quick to power through it. But on the other hand, that negates the whole reason for my wanting to grind, really. Yeah. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to do this. And I just went and powered through the end, but the fact that it dumped me back in the game and I can still use that character, I, I like that. And yeah. I would probably, you know, b- between between wanting to explore the world a bit more and, you know, I, it's pretty decent standard incentive to say, you know, do this whole quest line, there's a trophy. And do this whole quest line, there's a trophy. So maybe I would go back and just use that as another another reason to go back in and kill some time with it. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I kept my save and everything like that. I did, I did however, delete um, Amalur off of my hard drive because it was full. Yeah. And I had to make room for something else. So, uh, if one day I do want to go back and just say, Hey, I kind of like the combat in this game. Why not give it a shot? Um, I can totally do that because I kept my save. I put it in the cloud, so it'll be there forever. Hopefully. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, so uh, the end game of this, I, I do remember at least the story that's there. So we have our army. We're charging through Alabastra to stop the guys. Although, even though we have an army, it's just me. Well, it's just like four of us, right? Well, yeah, the four main guys that are part of this whole thing. So, you know, you, you got the, your fate weather guy who's the drunk. He's been with us the entire time. Um, and then you've got the other, mainly the leaders of the, the factions that are helping you. Um, they're, they're there helping you too, but I'm, 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 I'm expecting like a fucking war. I'm expecting like dragon age where you see a bunch of guys fighting stuff like that. You don't get that in this, um, which is okay. But, uh, and I understand why they did it, but, uh, I was just like, really? I mean, I'm running this gauntlet and I'm supposed to have like a, you know, a, a war going on. And I'm fighting a bunch of guys, but it's just me by my lonesome. And I was like, come the hell on. Um, so, but yeah, I, I have to say I went all sorcery. Uh, I think when I beat the game, I ended it at level 25, 24, 25. Um, and, uh, the, I don't know how to pronounce them, but the Chikarams or whatever, however you want to pronounce them, the disc that you throw, the mid range discs. Yep. That was my bread and butter, dude. I I found some. I didn't find them. I actually bought them. I bought them from a, a vendor. Uh, they they bled guys. So when you hit them, they made them bleed and did damage over time. Uh, they had a high crit chance, and on top of that, they did electrical damage, as well as siphoned health back to me every time I hit them. And I was like, I cannot die. And then I got to the second to last boss fight and they broke. 
Oh, no. So I was stuck using my staff for the rest of the game. And I was like, well, I'm kind of sad, but that's okay. Because I still had a pretty badass staff. But, man, those discs of death were fantastic. <laughs> and they had this really cool move where, because um, I had leveled up all of my um, magical mastery stuff, magical weapon masteries, um, where you could dash which was a teleport. So I would teleport to a guy. And if you hit the, the attack button with those discs, he would basically juggle them in midair and juggle guys in midair. And it was so great. And when they landed on the ground, he would throw them to the ground and it would explode. <laughs> and it was so fucking cool looking. And then I got the, the ultimate uh, sorcery attack, which was all the elements at the same time. So I would pull guys to me um, with uh, – it wasn't fire. I can't remember, but it, I, I would forcefully pull guys to me with, I think, electricity. So they would all surround me. I would keep mashing the button. That's how you activate it. Then I would jump. I would backflip away from them, shoot fire down onto them, and then a gigantic icicle would come down and slam onto them. And I mean, it's like an instant kill for most of these guys. Oh, wow. And since I had like multiple mage equipment on me, I never ran out of mana. So I just spam that over and over again and like just decimate guys. Hmm. And then they, yeah. decide, they decided to stay away from me then. <laughs> yeah. And I ended up using the, the basically the, the main ice attack. Yeah. For, I don't know. I guess I must not have had it leveled up enough. I didn't. I felt like the 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 little lightning bolt was far more likely to stun somebody than the ice was to like freeze them. Yeah. And that that was really where I got value out of that because I could hold people at bay. You know, because I feel like this game tries to cheese you whenever it's surrounding you with with people. Yeah, that's the thing is you you can get stun locked bad. Yeah. A lot of these characters, I think, are easy in ones or twos. Like, not even a second thought. But, you know, you get four or five, you get the people who kind of leap at you. And the kind of people who speed at you. And it's hard to hard to deal with if you got maybe five or six of them around you. So I, I really valued anything that would, would give me some time where I could lock somebody down on one side and then just attack the other one. Yeah. Which is why I really like that teleport. Because they start to, you know, I'm attacking in one direction, pushing a guy left. You know, and the ones are coming in at me from the right, and then I would just teleport to the outside of the of the pack, and I could start attacking without without being surrounded again. Yeah. But yeah, went through all that, and as far as story goes, the woman that hadn't been with us, Alan Shear, I think is how you pronounce it. Yep. Um, she has not been with us uh, during this whole gauntlet run, but we see her at the very end. Um, and she tells us what actually is going on. So not only before we died, we were scientists working on a way to, uh, beat, uh, the, the Tuatha basically. Um, we were also kind of spies trying to keep a secret from getting out. Yeah. That secret being the existence of a certain god that the Tuatha worship. 
this is where I was like, how did this not get out? Yeah, that's not a little secret. Yeah. When you've got an entire country and army believing that this God exists, that's not a secret. Um, because, you know, everybody's like, hey, there's an army coming. Why are they coming? Because they believe in this God. Oh, shit. Everybody fucking knows. It's not like this big, I don't, I, whatever. Like, but yeah. So the main villain, the guy who's leading to Tuatha, which is, is it Glasgow? Glass, Glasgow? Is it Glad, Glad, Gladwell? How do you pronounce it, dude? I think it's Gadflow. Gadflow. It's spelled funny, but, um, he is the one who's trying to basically summon this god back into our realm. Um, and uh, for some reason, I'm, <laughs> and this is a bad, uh, a bad, like, combination, but I'm getting alone in the dark vibes. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, we're trying to bring Satan back. Um, but he's trying to bring this god, ancient god back who is basically like a destructor. Tiernock. Tiernock. Um, which is just a giant dragon. Um, and, uh, in the end, he, 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 uh, gets killed by Tiernock once Tiernock shows back up. But the yeah. fu- interesting. You're too deep. What's that now? So that's what happens in too deep. Yeah. He's like, I did everything for you. What do you want me to do now? Die. You've served your purpose. Get out of here. And then the, the guy, Tiana kills him. Uh, but the, the interesting little note, and I said it on N4G, I'll say it here too. And I guess I had to look it up. Do you recognize the voice? His voice? Whose voice? Um, uh, Glad, Gadflow. Mm, no. Okay. If you go back and listen to it, you'll hear a hint of Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh? Yes. And this guy, when I looked him up, plays the voice of Winnie the Pooh. He also does the voice of Tigger and multiple other Disney characters. And this guy sounds like an evil Winnie the Pooh. I, I don't think you can look at him the same then. No, because that was the thing. I was like, I, I know that voice because you know you didn't really hear much out of him until you started like seeing the visions of him, him talking to you during some of those later missions. Yeah. And I was like, God, I know that voice. And I, I, I had to look him up. I looked him up, and I was like, Oh, it's that guy who does Winnie the Pooh. And then that's totally all I hear now is Winnie the Pooh. Like that. Yeah, I'll to that again. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Um, so yeah, he's, he's playing this evil, like demon worshiper, (laughs) but yeah. So, um, the final boss of the game is, uh, Tiannock itself, um, which is a gigantic dragon, which we've had these boss fights before and we have not talked about them. There's like three of them in the game, I think, where we fight almost like God of War esque. It reminded me of God of War. Yeah, yeah, this fight did a lot. Um, where you, it's it's a gigantic arena, and they're on the edge of that arena trying to hit us with different attacks. Um, and in this one, we basically have to use the 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 fate shift reckoning ability, mode. Re, yeah, reckoning mode, or it keeps saying you need to shift fate. Um, is what it kept saying. Um, and. You know, every time you did that, it would stun 
Tianok and we could hit it a few times before we would have to uh, gather more fate energy, which we had to fight ourselves, basically shadow versions of ourselves, uh, to get that fate energy. Didn't really have any problems with this fight at all. No. It was pretty simple. Um, and then after we beat Tianok, um, Tianok falls to hell, I guess. It, it's like we're in hell almost. Um, and we actually fall with it, I think. But then we wake up in a bed and, uh, the old fate weathers there saying, Oh, we thought we lost you for a little while there. And that's when the game basically just says, congratulations, you beat the game. Uh, now you can just go wherever you want to. Yep. Uh, but before that, I should mention before we even go in and do the final boss fight, we, uh, we talked to, um, um, Alan Shear. And she tells us that, you know, we are actually spies who are trying to suppress this evil god. And, uh, we have to be, we have to be certain that the, the god's even existence never gets out. So you can never talk about anything that you've done here. And if you want to, I'll kill you. Yeah. And if you do, I will kill you. So, uh, and I will always be behind you, watching you to make sure. And I was like, yeah, whatever. So if you're so badass, why aren't you going in there with me? So, um, but then we, we, she did leave us a note basically detailing what we were before we died the first time and what she plans to do now, which is, you know, make sure the name doesn't get out. I don't know. That's the story in this game is lackluster at best. I would agree. Um, and the, like I said, and then it drops us off at our house. We now own this place. And it says, if you'd like to, you can go complete all the rest of the quest. You never get did. So have fun. And that's it. I, I there's, there's, there's no big revelation. There's no big cutscene. In fact, there there is no real like real big cutscene or anything like that. It's kind of like a voiceover that says when, when she's reading the letter. Yeah, or when he's reading the letter, and um, it's just basically just a voiceover talking about, oh, you did good, you saved us, congratulations. Yeah, and I was like, okay. Oh, you know, like looking back at this, I know we we've kind of summed it up relatively quickly, but I mean, honestly, I didn't do that much left except do that, you know, this Warsworn quest. I don't know how I feel about this game. Um, I always held it in a high regard, and I think I still do, but for different reasons. I think it's a good game, but it's one I'm having a hard time mustering a lot of passion for. Yeah, because it it doesn't have like it's, the things that are hooking me. Like yeah. the combat is really fun, and you know, as has been mentioned, it's a it's a great game to pick up. You know, play for a half hour, play for an hour, and then do something else. Because I, I'm not invested in the story, so I don't really honestly care that much on where my gameplay fits in the continuity. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying. You know my best to solve a riddle or do anything important. I'm just 
I'm I'm just playing. I'm just progressing, and it's fun, but I'm not terribly in, deeply invested in it. Which, you know, in one way, I think is is something that bodes well for my potentially picking it back up again at some point because it was fun and I could always hop in for a half hour, an hour, you know, maybe maybe say one night. All right, I'm gonna finish one of those quest lines. Yeah, but that wouldn't take you more than you know an hour, a couple hours at max, I think. Right. So you know, I don't know. I I think it's a good game. I think you know, in in almost every category that you would rate a game, aside from camera control, you know, it's it, it's better than average and to pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you know, so th- I don't think there's any reason I would ever dislike this game. And I'd recommend it to somebody, but it you know, it also it doesn't have anything in it that really elevates it to exceptional or even must play really for me. It, yeah. It's, it's not memorable, you know, uh, I, like the only thing I will remember from this is like, Hey, that combat was really cool. Yep. Um, which is, you know, it's fine. I, I, I don't want to be down on this game, but I mean, it is, it's, it's, it's kind of mediocre in that sense. You know, the, there, there's some kind of major pacing issues with it. And, um, you know, the story is lackluster, and characters are not terribly well developed. Yeah, and then on top of that, like a lot of the quests are really monotonous and boring. Um, you know, originally I, I thought it was like I think one of the, my my flaws with the my review or the flaws with my, the game with and with my review that whenever I wrote it originally was I think there's too much to do in the game. Um, and you know, you can definitely tell that this had influences of MMO in it because there's tons of areas that have nothing in them. Yeah. And you could tell that was obviously supposed to be a place where people could grind and do, you know, fetch quests and stuff. You know, and the map is impressively large, but honestly, what's the point? Like, do you remember traversing one area to another? Like, I don't know, something like Lord of the Rings. Like, you know, you're starting in the Shire. The Shire is an area. You know, you, you feel connected to that area before you leave it. This game, you know, air, you walk through an area, it looks different than the last one. Okay, it's got a name. You know, it's got some people in it. But, you know, you never get any sense of culture, really, or or, or the inhabitants, the lives they lead. They're, you know, it's not a very grounded game in that sense. There's this big map. There's this big world. But... But they're they're just names on a piece of paper. Honestly, they're not developed really. Now maybe that would have been much different had had the MMO come out that was set in the world of Amalur. Maybe that you know would have had the time and in, in in the space to breathe life into all these areas, and maybe all that information exists somewhere in the the Amalur Bible. But you know, for this game, there's that map is ridiculous. There's so many little towns and villages and vendors and and caves and caverns and you know what's the point of having so many yeah that's i think why that's have six different caverns that all are indiscriminate indistinguishable from each other why not have made one really big really interesting cavern that you would remember forever yeah, so I, I don't so let me let me let me pose this question to you then because you've played skyrim right mm, not really okay have you ever played it okay all right. Um, so in Skyrim, 
there's tons of little caves that you can just discover and you can walk in them and, you know, you may have some encounters and stuff like that. There may not be that much story involved in the cave itself, but going through that cave was always enjoyable. I would see something. Oh, let's go in here. Why don't I feel that way in Amalur? When both of them are essentially the same, you know, you go through the cave, you'll eventually come to a point where I kind of loops back around to where you're back at the entrance that you couldn't reach before. You know, I mean, they all have that same feel to them. But in Amalur, I would run into a cave and say, okay, cool. I found a fucking fast travel spot. And that was about it. Wouldn't go in the cave. Yeah. And I mean, like the the story in Skyrim is not very memorable either. I like that's the thing is like I don't know what it is about this game. It's like it's that spark is just missing from it. Which is sad. I mean, how hard is it to make a game that's this well rounded? Damn hard. And they they met that level, and it still doesn't feel like quite enough. Like I, I don't know how maybe I was I was in a different mentality back then because I scored this game really high I think it was like a nine point three back whenever we used to do those point somethings um yeah. and I was I was really high on this game I, I I loved it you know and I had a lot of good memories about it or or like I every time I thought of Kingdoms of Memory, I was like oh yeah that's a great game I'd love to go back to it one day um and then when I went back to it officially I was like eh. Nowadays, like if I had, if you asked me to sit down and review Amalur now, I may give it a solid eight. Yep. You know, and uh, like, I, like, cause the solid eight, 7.5, somewhere around in there. Um, because I'm like, yeah, it's a good game, but I mean, there's a lot of lackluster stuff here. When I, I think I must have been in like a, a weird mentality whenever I first reviewed this game. And I put a lot of time into it. Put more time into it whenever I reviewed the game than I did this time around. Because I beat I beat this game at a clock of 18 hours. Yep. This time? Yeah. Yeah, me too. It was right around 18. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. It's it's just a weird thing. Because I, you know, I'll, I'll still look back at Amalur and say, you know, it's got some great combat. And it's got a giant world, and I'm the thing is, and I said it last week, is that this game is chock full of lore and story in it. It's just that a they don't make it readily available, and b it's not particularly interesting. It's like it's not like I have any stakes in any of the matter. It's because you know, like when every time you talk to somebody, there's like five or six more things that you can talk to them about, but I never choose them because I don't care about it. Mm. When in a game like Dragon Age, where I will sit down and say, "Yes, please tell me more of everything you have to say," and I think it's because I'm more invested in that person instead of every random person I can talk to about, you know, the town or what you do in your own life. I don't care about it because it's, it, it's just another marker on my map. And I don't know what distinguishes those two. To me, I, you know, I, I want to say more is better, but 
this is maybe the game to me that most defines just like sensory overload in that sense. Yeah. I mean, Alabaster is about the only place that has any character in this game to me because it's your destination. It's your Mordor. And your interaction with Alabaster is different because of the way that there are less towns and it's basically one big gauntlet all the way through Alabastra. So that place has a feel to it. Nothing else really does. You know, it, you know, if you were going to set this up, you know, in a general sense, if you're trying to tell a story like this, you know, at the beginning, you know, there should have been some reference. Maybe somebody makes a reference to, oh, you know, that town, that's way on the other side of this mountain range. You know, and then at some point in the game, you traverse a mountain range to get there. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I, I knew I was going to have to do this. I knew there was going to be a mountain range. But in this game, it's all just like, you know, one, one one road leads to the next area. And, you know, it's basically like a different country, but it's just down the road and it doesn't make any sense. And then you walk down the road a little further and you're, now you're in another country. And <laughs> it, you know, it's like it's like a weird dream. And, you know, but there, there was none of that, like, contextualizing in the beginning, which which I think a good story should do, you know? Like, oh, something like Game of Thrones, you know people in the South are different. You know, they behave differently. People in the North behave differently. So when you're in the North, you know you're in the North, not just because of the snow, but because of the way people behave, the way people look. Everything's different. Everybody's got a texture. Everything's got a texture. In this game, it's like... 400 cities just grafted onto a map and there's, you know, in any kind of weird random order that they felt like putting them on there, you know, and, and, and again, maybe this was a result of just not having played through in a way that I, you know, I was able to experience everything, but I, I just didn't get that sense. You know, I don't know what the, what the regions are. Nobody talked about the regions. Nobody talked ever once about the food from different regions or, you know, Stupid stuff that doesn't really isn't really that important to a game, but it, it sets the setting. And if this is gonna be such a big world, it should have had something that grounds the setting a little bit. Do you yeah. think you think it would have been better if it was just took place in one country? Yes. Like if it was more condensed. Like okay, we're just in this one country. You know, all right. The perfect example. You know, the original Dragon Age Origins took place just in one country, the entire thing. And, you know, when you went to a new town, it was completely different from another one, you know? Um, and I think that, that would have probably helped it out. Like the, the game's too big. That's the thing. I'm, I think, I think it just boils down to Ambalor is too big for its own good. You know, and it just, it feels like it's, it's spread too thin over a large piece of bread. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because I'm not a person that usually will see that as a negative. Yeah. Usually, to me, that's a good thing. Oh, you, you know, you pack more into this. That's ambitious. And usually, what I, I will fault a game for being boring more than I will fault a game or any piece of media for being ambitious and failing. Yeah. You know, if, if you're going to strive for something and you don't quite pull it off. You know, I'll still give you points for for trying for the effort, but this is one game where I I don't really feel that. I don't feel like it was ambitious. I think it was just let's 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 have more cities we can travel to, and that you know that doesn't that doesn't serve the story. That doesn't serve the game per se. 
you know, it, it serves the map builder and that's about it, I think. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it, that, that part of it's weird to me. Because when you look at the map, just the map, it's impressive. Right. Nothing in the game leads me through a map in a way that makes it feel like a real world. Even though, you know, I enjoyed, I enjoyed walking through the game. But there needed to be things that, like, tied it together. Like, if you're talking, let's say it was set in one country. And, you know, let's say that th- there was a king. And, you know, maybe different cities, because of their economic status, have different, you know, feelings on, you know, on the way they're being ruled. At least then, you know, all these cities sort of tie into a focal point, and it makes them feel connected. In this game, nothing really felt connected. Right. So I, I'm curious because I, I like I want to know because I, I absolutely love this game. Whenever I reviewed it, and um, I, I brought up my review, which I wrote in 2012, February 7th, 2012. Um. Um, the tagline is a beautifully massive RPG you'll love to get lost in. And I'm looking back at this and I'm like, all right, let's see here. Well, I wonder if just that tagline is the thing. I didn't get lost. I didn't get, well, I, I didn't get lost in the game in a sense of exploring every, you know, every thread that I could have. And maybe if I had, I would have liked it a bit more. Yeah, I think what happened was I I did get lost in this game. I ended up going everywhere and doing every quest that I could find and eventually getting burned out on it. Yeah. Let's see here. Um, all right, so here, here's, a, here's a nice little blurb. The story and lore itself is as massive as the world. If you let yourself get caught up in it, you will have, you will get a lot out of it. Books are scattered throughout the game that offer up even more backstory, and many quests and dialogue options will help you understand the underpinnings of Amalur's culture that much more. For some, that's an afterthought, but for a big fantasy fan like me, I loved all of it. There really is a ton to learn about the world of Amalur. And I'm just like, looking at it now, I'm just like, yeah, but... Maybe I was just like totally like into this game back then. <laughs> I guess that's the thing. Here's the final thing. Uh, for what it's worth, Kingdoms of Amalur is an amazing game. I can't suggest it enough. RPG fans will fall in love with the customization of both your character and equipment. Action fans will love the thought of uh, will love the thought out combat, and fantasy fans will love the story and lore. Uh, there's really something here for everyone. So much so that you may be put off by it all. I would say stick to the factions and main story quest lines if you start getting a little bored with the side quest. Even just doing those will give you over 25 hours of gameplay. For $60, you get a lot of game with Kingdoms of Amal or Reckoning. Is that game good? Absolutely. Huh. I don't know. I was really high on this game whenever I first reviewed it. And I I don't know. I'm not down on this game now. I just maybe, maybe I fell into the hype. Because I was really excited for this game whenever it came out. Mm-hmm. Like, I requested it. I was like, Ken, let me review this game. He was like, okay. So I reviewed this and um, the other game that, that I remember comparing this to or thinking about at the same time was uh, Dragon's Dogma. Because yeah. they both came out around the same time. Um, so I don't know. It's I, – like, I don't know. I I think it's a well-written review. It's actually actually really well done, if I say so myself. Um, but I don't know. I, like I said, maybe I just fell into the hype. 
don't yeah, know. I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's really, it's really the story more than the lore. But I think both of those are what's problematic for me. I did really like the combat, and I did really like the ability selection, and then the way that is actually useful in the game. You know, I like designing the character. I like having my three three different paths and the way you can balance them or not balance them and opening up the different fates based on how many points you've allocated. Uh, that sadly actually led into one of my biggest problems in, in, in the last day of gameplay was, do you remember when we had to go into the House of Pride? Yeah. And there was, there was the guy, his name was Den, Dren, I think. Out front and you have to like talk to him and then you can't kill him and then basically I convinced him I I don't know how many options there were in the dialogue but in my dialogue I I convinced him to fight me fairly and I was going to set his house free but he said he was still going to have to still going to have to try and stop me and if I beat him then I could set his house free so I don't know why he wouldn't just help me but Basically, I had to fight him to the death and then go fix all his problems in House of Pride. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was that guy or if it was a different guy, but one of them dropped an entire set of armor, every piece, like five or six pieces of armor. Uh-huh. And I got so excited because I hadn't upgraded my armor in a while. I immediately destroyed all the armor I was wearing <laughs> and then tried to equip all my new armor, but it all required more might than I had. <laughs> So I couldn't wear any of it. Ugh. And this was this was just before I was going to go fight Tiernock, basically. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I have no air. I'm walking around literally barefoot in the game. Barefoot and bare-chested. I'm like, I, I can't fight anything like this. I look <laughs> like an idiot. And uh, so basically, you know, it was a stupid mistake. So I, had, I immediately destroyed all my current armor. So I picked up all of all of the, the dropped armor, and I had to go wandering all over the map selling the armor and trying to buy the best of whatever I could find at whatever vendors I could meet up with. Because I had so much money. I had about 280,000 coins or gold or whatever. So I, I could buy quite a bit, but it sucked because I had sort of encrusted all my shit with jewels and I was ready to, you know, I, I was in a good place right before I was getting to the end boss. And I, you know, I, I thought I was just going to take another step forward with that new armor set. I didn't realize I was not going to be able to wear it. Oof. But, yeah. Yeah, so it was a big change. I got all new armor, and then I switched for the first time from the, the long sword to the great sword. I didn't know how that was really going to affect it, but I found a really nice unique great sword and I just decided fuck it I'm going to switch so the end fight was quite a bit different than everything that led up to it but in the end not so bad but I, I, I did really like the fact that I couldn't wear that, ar- wear that armor was because I had chosen to stay balanced with sorcery and might and if I had gone all might that armor would have been a piece of cake to wear yeah customization was really well done in this game Yeah, I'll give it that yeah that that and the combat, I think, are, are very clear positives for me. Oh yeah, the uh, yeah, I think um, I, I'm always a sucker for skill trees. Anytime I see a skill tree, I'm like, yeah, all right, 
you know, just put some points into this and this and, you know, it's, it's weird. It's, it's one of those things like I love, that's why I loved Diablo 2 so much and like, uh, especially Torchlight. Torchlight's skill tree was fantastic and, uh, small stuff like that. I've, I've always been a sucker for those, um, whenever they do them. Uh, so yeah, the customization and stuff like that in the game, fantastic, you know, skills and stuff like that. Like, I, I fucking loved the sorcery skills, like all of them. And it was, it was fun just having that arsenal with me. It was and like a way to evolve your character over throughout the game. Yeah. And the, the cool thing was, is like this game did something no one had ever seen before, really, where you could just mix and match whatever the hell you wanted to. There was no classes in this game. You know, you wanted to be a, a battle mage. You can totally do that and have a fucking great sword and throw lightning bolts. Sure. You know, and then like I hadn't seen that kind of stuff before, really. You know, I think like the Elder Scrolls series has always been like, ah, you can mix and match a little bit here and there. But the fact that, you know, they recognized it that way of like, okay, well, you've got this many points in might and this many points into sorcery. You can be this, you know, and it has like the cards and stuff like that. So I found that always found that kind of interesting and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it does a good job of, of, giving players options and uh i i that was probably my favorite part of the game yep agreed so um but yeah that's i mean that's amalor i i i still feel like we're down this game and maybe i am slightly you know but um it wasn't like i hated i beat it you know it's yeah. it's you know like even if we it it's it's not a game where Oh, if I was if I wasn't doing this for Game Club, I wouldn't have beat it. That's not true. I would have went back and beat this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I, I liked it. I would have played through it. I think you know, ha- had I started it and, and started to get into it, I, I probably would have played through it. Yeah, it's and, just and yeah. It this was- this gave me a reason to start it again, basically. Yeah, it's just not a game I think that I'm going to think about very much. Yeah, I kind of feel bad saying that, you know, all, all the work that went into this and all the, you know, all, all the shit went down that went down with the development of it, and it's it's just not one I'm probably going to think about all that much. Yeah, you know, six months from now. Yeah, it'd be it's it's always going to be that game. It's like, hey, you remember that Amalor game that had a really cool, uh, combat system, and that's about it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm not down on it. I think it has some very good merits about it, but you know, it is what it is. It was most certainly an RPG, and we played it for the year of the RPG. Yeah. So that was fun. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to us talk talk about it. At least we, you know, it's been kind of a weird series for us. A weird recording schedule. Uh, yeah. Um, but hopefully we'll get to a more regular schedule, um, especially for the next series. As we continue the year of the RPG. Yes. Um, the, and this, I think this next series, we will have to be on a decent little recording schedule because unlike Amalur, I think this one's all story. So we'll see. But um, the next game that we're going to be doing is... Uh, Legend of Hero, the Legend of Heroes, or it's either Legend of Heroes or the Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel, and um, 
another one from the game of the year episode. Yeah. Basically, the two games that were hyped up the most, I'll be having played both of them now and on the Vita. The other one being Steinskate, which I finished up recently. You like it a lot? Uh, Yeah, I really did like it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, That's probably one I'll probably have to play. It was, to me, it was the very first multiple ending type of game that I've ever played where it doesn't feel like you make any choices. Hmm. It feels to me when I play through it, there were no options. There was only one story. But clearly there are multiple ways this story plays out. It doesn't feel like that, though. It's crazy. It feels like every story is the only story. Instead of, yeah, you know, right before I saved it, I had a choice of do you want to save person X or person Y? I chose X. I could always go back and choose Y. There was no point in this game where you feel like you could have gone back and changed something, really. It's crazy. Mm. Um, 999 is a little bit like that. I mean, there are choices and stuff you make, but it's not clearly defined. Yeah. Um. And there's tons of endings in 999. Uh, and I'm, I'm guessing Virtue Slash Reward as well. Mm-hmm. And then the new game is coming out soon. Zero Escape. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think, I don't know how you need to do this, but we need to do it. You need to play Danganronpa. Yes, yes I do. Either play it or just get a nice summary of it and listen to our podcast. <laughs> do we have any sort of an ETA on when when the expectation is to do the second one? Because that would sort of dictate when I go through the first one. Well, or, I mean, I, I don't want to force you to do any of that. You know what I mean? No, I, I, I'm really high on it right now. Yeah. And, you know, with all the traveling, you know, having a, a couple of gate. A couple of Vita games in the hopper is not a bad idea. I mean, if you want to, I, you know, I don't know. I, that, that's up to you. I mean, um, I, I would like to do it this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know when exactly. Maybe sometime, you know, late summer. Yeah. That, that, would, that, that would probably do, do good. We could probably squeeze out two more RPGs and then do Dong and Romp if you wanted to. Um, something like that. Um, probably either, either do it like late summer or, um, right. Like maybe do, that'll be the game before we do our Halloween game. Yeah, that could work. Yeah. Late summer, early fall. Yeah. Somewhere around in there. I I would, I would say we, I'd like to do it then because I, I'm really excited to do Danganronpa 2 because Jay, I, I fucking loved like playing the game as well as like talking with Jay about it and like having my own theory and stuff like that. That's the thing is if you do play, I want you to listen to our episodes because I want you to listen to my theory and how yeah. fucking well it goes with it. <laughs> and I'm just like, I fucking, yeah, yeah. I was like a man. I've, I've got this, you know, I, I was so, I was so, it, it was great. Like, like our, me and Jay had some great conversations and, and we, we did a fantastic job with that. I think so. Um, but yeah, uh, like I loved that game. It was fantastic. And from what Jay has told me, the second one is even better. Oh, that's crazy. Ramps it up even more. Well, with the cases being even more insane. So yeah, definitely, definitely get on that sometime 
soonish. Yeah, it's that game that I've been I've been waiting for it to go on sale, and I keep waiting and I keep waiting, and I'm probably just gonna give in and get it, and it'll probably go on sale like the week after. Oh yeah, that's how it usually goes. But but I'm at the point now where I've wanted to play it for long enough, you know, because there's a lot of games I'm like, oh that'd be cool, but I don't want to drop forty, you know, whatever it is, thirty or forty bucks on a whim. If you know, a week from now, I might not even be interested. Right. But I have been sort of, I've been mentally planning to play this for so long now that when I, you know, I, I think when I get it, I'll be ready to dive right into it. You, you know the premise of it? Uh, no. Okay. So it's basically you play as this kid who is locked in the school with other students. Um, and the uh, the headmaster of the school has locked everybody in. They can't escape. They can't leave. Uh, and he wants to play this little game where um, if you can kill one of your fellow students and get away with it, you get to leave. <laughs> um. And so they have a trial after somebody gets killed. And he, he gives people incentive to kill. Um, and, uh, you have a trial and everybody. And so if, if you, if the student body figures out who killed the person, that person is executed. But if they don't figure out who the right person is, that person gets to leave and all the other students get executed. Oh shit. So it's one of those things where, you know, it's a kind of a give and take. If you kill somebody, you have to be sure that you will not be found out. Kind of thing. So, um it's actually really really cool, man. I mean, it's it it's it's crazy Japanese. Some crazy version of Battle Royale. It's 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 a lot like that except nobody is out there just killing people, you know. It's like, you know, you wake up another day stuck in this fucking school and we go to somebody's room and, oh, shit, they're dead. Now, everybody's basically nobody can get out unless they do the killing. Yeah. So uh, that that's basically it is either you kill somebody and cover it up to where when you guys have your trial, they vote for somebody else. And then you get to escape. And then everybody else gets executed. So, obviously, we'll put it this way: you play as Makoto, who is a good guy. You know, he, he he's not he's not a malicious person. So obviously, he's not doing any of the killing. So it's up to him and the other student body to figure out who has been killing people. So he's planning on not escaping because he has no. Yeah, that that they they like Monokuma, who is the 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 bear. He, he's like an animatronic bear who is the headmaster of the school. Oh, he's he, the one that's on the cover. Yeah, he is. He basically says, "Look, you guys are not leaving at all. So you all can just sit here and be good little students and never kill anybody. But you're going to be stuck here for the rest of your lives." <laughs> I mean, he feeds them and stuff. Like there, there's a there's a unlimited amount of supply of food. You know, there's, I mean, it's a full on school. So that's, that's the main story 
and it's basically it's divided into multiple chapters where there's trials at the end of each chapter. Are there classes? Like, is it a school that's in operation, or is it just a school as a it, setting? It's just a school as a setting. The kids are basically he ha- he sets up rules so like uh, nobody can sleep outside of a bedroom. If you caught sleeping outside of a bedroom, I'll kill you. <laughs> um, you can't attack the headmaster. If you do, I'll kill you. Um, and the, the, he, he and he, he changes rules up on the fly too, so and that that affects some of the cases, some of the trials and stuff. So it's not like Morning Glories where there's, you know, ostensibly a normal school, but with shit going on under in the background. Um. Yeah. No. There, there's like the outside. It, nobody thinks this is a normal school, right? That that's part of the thing too. You don't know what the hell's going on. Because you start thinking, well, hell, people's looking for me, right? You know? But then at the same time, they're like, yeah, but everybody knew I was going to this boarding school, so maybe they think everything's fine. You know, it's one of those things of like, what the hell's going on? And you, you're constantly getting subtle hits of what, what's actually happening in the background. Hmm. So, yeah, definitely that, that game is fucking fantastic. I can't suggest that enough to anybody out there. And if you do decide to play Danganronpa, anybody listening, please go back and listen to Phoenix Down because we have some great conversations. Like, it's one of those, like, you know, I go back and listen to us talk about Alone in the Dark because of how funny it is. Um, I go back and listen to Danganronpa just because I was like, I, I want to refill how that, how that, how I felt at that time. Cause it was really, it was such a fun time because it was, Jay knew how it ended. I didn't. I didn't look up anything. I didn't spoil myself, and I was trying to guess. You know, I was constantly guessing about. Okay, here's my theories and stuff like that, and let's see how it plays out. And it was it was so much fun. It was it was like, it was like whenever we watched Lost for the first time, and it was yeah. that, that water cooler discussion. You know, the the day after kind of thing, and it, yeah. it, it felt a lot like that. And it was it was fantastic. What's that now? So what is that smoke monster? Yeah, exactly. I I don't know. Kind of find out it's actually Satan or the man in black. I don't know. <laughs> it's a guy <laughs> who I guess is Satan or Lucifer or whatever. We're not getting into Lost. Oh, God, that's the last thing I need to do. Start talking about Lost. But yeah, um, that's it for us. Uh, we've we've talked enough. Uh, but yeah, our next game will be. Uh, Legend of Heroes: Trails of Cold Steel, which is actually a game that came out last year. The new, the sequel is coming out this year. So, depending on how well we like this game, hey, I may be buying the next game. So, uh, Jay swears up and down. I think he gave it a nine out of ten when he reviewed it. So, um, he thinks it's absolutely fantastic. So, I'm excited to be honest with you. I've already got it. I got, I, yeah, I've got it on PS3. Um, they only had the special edition, so I had to get the special edition. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited to dig into this game. I, w- I want to get into a traditional Japanese role playing game. Yeah, me too. So, um, hopefully, it'll be, be better nice than Blue Dragon. Yeah. Be nice counterpoint to Emiler too. If Emiler was all combat, no story, and this is all story. Yeah. So yeah, that's it for us. Um, if you'd like to uh, send us an email, uh, I know I, I tried to announce that we were going to do it because I figured Jamie was in an email, but uh, we didn't get any. Um, but that's okay. Uh, you can always send us an email afterwards, and we'll still talk about it. Uh, but it's Drew at ZTGD.com. 
Uh, we will read them out on the show, talk about Amalor. You can talk about Trails of Cold Steel. I'm sure there's some people out there that played it. I know a lot of people voted for it whenever we had it on the, the voting thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, and you can also tweet to us. I'm at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS, and the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Uh, post all the uh, episodes there, so definitely give that uh, that account a follow, so that way you never miss an episode. Um, that's it for us. Uh, like I said, I appreciate everybody listening. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed Amalore. Uh, I, I, I kind of did, um, which we've already talked about, so... Uh, but yeah, we, uh, we will be back next week, uh, with, uh, Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel. Uh, but until then, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out of here. You guys have a great week. And we will be back next week. Bye.